0: Hello, you lovely lot. We're the Embers Collective, a storytelling and music group based in London, bringing you myths and folklore from around the world. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcasts. If you enjoy what you hear, follow the Embers Collective on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, where you can find out about our wonderful live events and much more. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and keep up to date with our stories. So come warm yourself by the fire, get comfortable and enjoy. Enjoy. The arctic wind whistled around the large snow-covered yurt which sat on the edge of the village. It was the darkest part of the night on the shortest day of the year. It was the night of light and darkness, of death and rebirth, of endings and new beginnings. It was the night of the turning when the sun would make its return and grace the earth with its light and warmth. Tonight, however, it was well below freezing and the village itself was empty and silent. Inside the cavernous yurt were people. In fact, the whole village was there, huddled inside, hiding from the cold. Normally, they would light a fire to stave away that cold, but not tonight. Tonight was different. Instead, they held each other close under the skin and fur of reindeer and young children were wrapped like presents and put under layers around the edges of the yurt to protect them for the short time without heat. People chatted murmuring of conversations here and there. Most of the men smoked a pipe while the women wove together pieces of skin to make more blankets. Some of the people slept as they waited in preparation for what was to come. The yurt itself had been built long before the first snowfall and now many layers of snow later its entrance was buried deep beneath the snow. The sides were tied tightly shut so the heat stayed in and the only way in or out was to scale the beach pole which rose from the centre next to the fire pit and out through the smoke hole in the roof. All of a sudden, the yurt fell silent as they heard a thud and a scraping noise from outside. They could see very little in the dim light from the moon far up above, but they knew each other's eyes were wide, fixed at the hole in the roof, awaiting the arrival. They heard the thud, 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 thud of his boots, as he made his way over the snow and up the sides of the tent. Some could see from the light of the moon, which shone up high above the yurt. Before long, two boots appeared, blocking the light and kicking snow back down into the yurt, before clambering onto the beach pole. With a sack on his back, he began shimmering down and landed in the soot and the ash of the fire pit boots, which were already covered in soot, stomped on the ground as the figure stood upright and looked around the tent. In the darkness, they could see that his eyes were already twinkling, even though there was very little light to reflect. The tent was completely silent. Nobody moved a muscle, not even the goat which had been brought inside. They sat, waiting in silence, and held their breath. Nobody dared to speak. The figure from the roof stepped towards the village leader, moving effortlessly in the darkness, and it was he who spoke first. Stretch out your hand, stretch out your hand, he said. Don't you have a greeting for me? Today of all days, ending and beginning day, the day of death and new birth. Try Merry Solstice or Solstice Greetings, You have forgotten me, haven't you? Your children tell sweet tales of me and you laugh behind their backs, but I can tell you, your children are wiser than you. And the people watched. Nobody moved until the village leader stretched out his hand and greeted the visitor. And now the visitor from the roof turned and spoke to the whole tent. Come to me, and you will see the rebirth of the sun. Lord of the reindeer, keeper of the game, as old as mankind. I am the shaman, the magician, and the priest. I am both your ancestor and your child. I am your guest tonight, and you will be mine. Tonight, we light the fire, which each of us will take into our homes. This fire reminds the sun to come back to us for another turn of Freya's wheel because today is the day of endings, the beginnings, the day of death and rebirth, and the rebirth of the sun, as it always has done. And so, the leader of the village, along with the help of some others, brought forward the giant Yule log. And the visitor, taking the necessary tools from his bag, set about building the fire around that Yule log. Once he was satisfied, he began to rub and scratch as the people waited in anticipation for the return of the warmth and light. And before long, their cold wait was rewarded. First, some smoke as the figure puffed and blew, then some sparks and soon his face would lit up with the orange glow that reached his fingers into the corner of the yurt. As he stood up, the fire blazed up nicely. He looked around and inspected everyone's faces in the glowing light. His own cheeks and nose were glowing red, just like his red clothing, with its white trim of goat's fur. On his head was a horned goat skull, strapped to his head with a reindeer skin. And in his mouth, he held a long wooden pipe between his teeth, the smoke of which billowed out and around his head as he puffed and pulled before speaking again. Let us give the light back to the sun, asking it to return to bless us. We thank the deer for allowing us to hunt, we renew our promise that we will not kill without need, and when we do kill, we shall take all that we need. We thank the bear for protecting the forest and the raven for guiding us through the hunt. May we remember that we must live off this earth, not just on it. To you, silent watchers from the shadow world, tonight is the night of the longest darkness, but it is not the night where you should steal us from our beds. The solstice fire now burns to remind the sun to return, or we shall be ever left in the ice and darkness. Now, let the gift giving begin. With that, he removed his sack and began doing what he came to do. He removed the little red and white gifts which he had dried by the fire. It was just enough for everyone in the tent. And after passing the red and white parcels around, he then passed a container filled with yellow, sour tasting liquid to wash it down with. As the people munched and chewed on their gifts, the shaman led them on a journey of transformation, traveling out of this world and into another. And as he did so, he advised them to close their eyes. And as he did so, he advised them to close their eyes. Nobody was quite sure when the shaman had left. Certainly no one had seen him leave, but as a few began to open their eyes, he was no longer there. That night was a busy night for him, and they knew he must have moved on to the next group, awaiting their gifts. The tent itself seemed to be transformed. It looked much bigger. The light from the fire now stretched and extended to each corner and crevice, banishing any shadows and darkness. It was warmer now, much warmer. So much so, they removed their coats and their skins. Some remained, eyes closed, drifting between worlds with figures dancing in their heads. Others began to talk and giggle and laugh. The laughter seemed to bounce and echo from person to person. Some sat, staring into the fire, watching the reds, oranges, yellows, and blacks rising and flickering, turning into the white smoke which rose up out of the hole in the roof towards the night sky. Then the singing began. First one person, then others joined in. Even if they didn't know the words, they began to hum and murmur along. The notes reverberated and shook the tent as everyone swayed from side to side. And as tends to happen at these occasions, someone began to play a drum. The beat started slowly, and the people began to move and shuffle. They didn't notice it at first, and they began to shake and bob from side to side. And then the drums got louder, the singing grew louder as the people got to their feet, unable to stop moving, and they began to dance louder and louder and faster and faster as the people began to move their feet they twisted and weaved their way around one another the tent now seeming endless their movements were fluid and they danced faster and faster their feet stomping hands clapping bodies twisting and shaking as they felt themselves transform antlers sprouted from their heads as their hooves stomped on the ground As they danced, something had happened. I guess in the clumsy way where we try to put words on things, we would say they began to fly. But That's not necessarily how they would see it. Instead, they saw how they pulled the stars and pulled the moon and pulled every inch of the night sky down through the smoke hole in the roof and filled the tent with the infinity of space which now surrounded them. They were of this universe, not simply living in it. And there they were, floating amongst the stars and the moon, dancing through the endless darkness. Ostra opened her eyes and looked around the tent. By now everyone was curled up on the floor, fast asleep, with smiles and grins painted across their faces. The fire in the centre still burned brightly. And she too had been asleep. She'd spent the day hunting snow hare for the sacrifice and her muscles were weary and tired. But something had woken her. And now she felt uncomfortable in the tent. The air was stifling, hot and sweaty. The inside of the tent was wet and dripping from the output of the bodies within it. And that feeling mixed with the smell of smoke between became too much for Ostra as she felt her head spin once feeling infinite, the tent now felt like it was pressing in on her from all sides. Sitting up, she threw an arm off that was wrapped over her and she grabbed a skin and threw it over her shoulders. She made her way quickly towards the fire pit and the beach beam that rose up from the ground next to it and began to climb. Closing her eyes so the smoke wouldn't get in, she felt her way on the footholds that had been hammered in, feeling her way towards the cold air up above. Eventually her hands reached the top, and pulling herself up head first, she finally managed to burst through the hole. Immediately she felt the cold air hit her face, freezing the sweat that was painted across her brow and down the back of her neck. She pulled some more, pushing through her legs as her shoulders and then the rest of her body slid out of the hole and rolled out onto the snow-covered roof where she lay panting and breathing in the freezing cold air. Her eyes were still tightly shut as she tried to stop the stinging from the smoke. She stood up, stepped down from the roof, and walked towards the line of trees that marked the edge of the village and the beginning of the deep, dark forest. She watched the huge green trees gently swaying in the wind. As she walked along, she stopped in front of one huge tree marvelling at how it managed to stay green even in this darkest, darkest night. And her eyes followed it up further and further. Suddenly, she opened her mouth as the breath caught in her throat. Up, blazing above her were the greens, yellows and reds of the dead spirit warriors spread out across the night sky. She watched as they danced and weaved moving and snaking, speaking to her, letting her know that they were watching over them. She'd seen them hundreds of times in her life and it never ceased to amaze her. Tonight, when the night was at its blackest, the colors were more vibrant and alive than ever before. They looked like flags caught in the wind, twisting and turning. They were the silent watchers from the world below. And Beyond that, the white stars burned brighter than ever before as they scattered and spread across the sky which looked like it stretched on forever and ever. The brightest star of them all, Polaris, stood out proud and strong, giving her hope that Freya would one day bring the sun back out of the wolf's belly. She sank to her knees in the cold snow and sat for what felt like forever. Minutes, hours, days or weeks could have passed and it mattered not, for her eyes were there in that moment and time was irrelevant. She could have stayed there forever. The wind began to pick up, and the trees began to rush, and a wave of fear crept up inside her. Far off, high above the treetops, she heard the barking of dogs, and the neighing and screaming of horses. She began to hear the rattling of spears and weapons, of war horns and drums reverberating around the vast forest. Her eyes searched the treetops, trying to find the source. She knew what was coming. Riding, slept near his eight-legged horse, bearded Odin was leading his wild hunt across the winter night. During Odin's wild hunt, all the inhabitants of hell took to the night sky, armed and ready for war. They rode pitch black horses and goats, jet black hounds by their sides with burning red flames for eyes. They went in search of anyone caught out in the cold night whose intentions were not pure. On that night of death and rebirth, of darkness and light, the night of beginnings and endings. Fear gripped her, for she knew if she were caught by the wild hunt, she may be taken to the other world, never to return. She stood up and tried to run back to the yurt, which now seemed much further away than she had remembered. But her legs had gone numb, kneeling in the cold snow for so long, she stumbled and fell, and her face buried deep into a mound of snow. The noise around her grew louder and louder, and she swore she felt the hot breath of Odin's hounds on the back of her neck. The noise was so loud now that she had to cover her ears, repeating over and over and over that her intentions were good. She meant no harm on anyone and this night. And just as she thought her eardrums would burst, the sound began to ease and drift away. She heard the rattling of chariots and the stomping of hooves passing over and farther away into the darkness. And soon, the endless silence returned as if nothing had happened. Sitting up, she looked around and squinted at the moon. Looking harder, she was sure she could see a shadow passing over the bright orb of light. It looked like reindeer. Eight, in fact. Their hooves and antlers were silhouetted against the light of the moon. Behind them was a sleigh, and in the sleigh was the shaman, dressed in the red of the gifts he had given. She could see the goat skull on his head shining against the moon and just before he disappeared he seemed to turn to her and wave she shook her head rubbed her eyes and looked back but there was nothing there smiling she wrapped herself in her reindeer skin and made her way back to the yurt back to her family and back to her friends and as the snowflakes once again began to fall it would soon be time to prepare the goat But knew the feast would go on long into the night. For tonight was the night of death and rebirth, of darkness and light, of endings and beginnings. The Turning was written and performed by Lonan Jenkins. Music was written and performed by Tim Karp and Mishka Adams, who was recorded live by Gabor Hollas at Bally Studios. This was brought to you by the Embers Collective.